Hello and welcome to a new episode of BIM Voice. Today I have the pleasure to talk with the CEO and co-founder of BIMSpot, Christoph Degendorfer. I hope I pronounced that uh, name right. Hello. Perfect. Hello. Hi, Petru. It's so nice to have you here. Uh, please introduce yourself and uh, tell me what uh, are we going to see today? Sure. Um, first, thanks a lot for the possibility to uh, to talk to you, to have the, the, the chance to present myself and my company, my product. My background um, is actually um, coming from the architectural industry. So I, I started here in Vienna architecture, um, always worked beside the, um, the studies in different um, companies for more than, than 15 years. Um, and beside my architectural profession, I always had a big um, like passion, which is technology. So I was always responsible in the in the architectural offices to bring new software to the companies, um, to provide new workflows, trying to optimize um, the, the, the software landscape, um, you know, looking out for new plugins, trying to make things smoother. And yeah, this was my, um, always my kind of, um, yeah, my passion. And when, when uh, BIM comes to the industry, I really felt that this is, this is my field of where I want to, to go deeper. So I was um, in the competition team at the architect's office where we um, won a very big competition in, in Austria, a headquarter. Um, and it was a very, very complex um, project. So it was like including restaurants, offices, also a, a helicopter landing base. And so actually very, very interesting uh, building. And we decided, um, it was, this was, um, I think now eight or 10 years ago, um, to do this project with BIM. And, um, so I was there from the beginning, from the first draft till the end in the project. And for me, it was really like changing how, how um, the collaboration is working. We, had the, the, we were very lucky um, that we worked together with a, a structural engineer um, on this project. So we were able to really um, co um, cooperate in, in one uh, common uh, building model. Um, yeah, and based... On this experience, um, I found out that this is the way I want to develop further. Um, then I started a BIM consulting company. It's called SIDE. It's a studio of information design. It's based in Vienna. I, I grew this with a, a, a partner. Um, we were basically consulting different um, stakeholders um, of the entire um, BIM project teams from owners so clients, also architects, engineers, also building industry. Yeah, and we, we um, run and supported a lot of um, different BIM projects. And out of this consulting business, actually, the idea of BIMSpot was born. So um, we saw some problems we want to tackle. And um, yeah, this was then two and a half years ago um, where I, I founded the company. And now we are a team of um, 15 people. We are, most of us, located in Vienna. Uh, we have also Hungarian employees and um one employee is, in, is, is from Italy. Um, yeah, and this was actually the, the story how, how everything uh, began. And um, yeah, what, what do we tackle or what was the intention behind what, what we found out? I think the big difference between um, the, the traditional planning called CAD and BIM is really the information. Um, if you compare these two, these two steps, um, CAD isn't much more than a like drawing with like a computer, but you actually have the same way of how you construct things. So that the drawing isn't much different to the 
manual drawing on, on paper. Um, and we saw a lot of BIM projects, which actually called themselves BIM project, but it was not much more than a 3D planning, which is already nice because you can do really nice things when you can compare to um, models of buildings in a three-dimensional way. This is already a step forward. But we really think that um, the difference is the, the information which is then um, connected to the to the um, the building uh, information model. So that's um, that's what we are focusing on is is really the information. And if you have a look on an average project with I don't know 50 million volume, you will uh, end up um, very very uh, shortly in the like hundreds of thousands of, of properties um, need to be managed. And this is something where we want to, to focus on, where we want to actually deliver a solution. Um, the second thing we, we, we saw in the, in the project is that the, the knowledge of, of um, or the level of BIM know-how is, is very different in the project teams. So you, of course, have maybe a very experienced BIM manager. You have um, BIM modeler who, who really know their job. But also in the project team, you always have team members which are maybe new to BIM or don't have so much experience. So you end up with a, a team where maybe just half of the team is really using and, and, and going for um, what is possible with BIM and the rest is more on like, I'm trying to, but I don't know really how. And for that, we, we are trying to offer a very easy to use solution because from our point of view, it is needed that really everybody can contribute um, to a project. So to, the easy to use solution to make everything available for everybody um, this was the second the second important um, thought behind behind BIMSpot. yeah so that's that's basically the the main idea i see uh, do you still do any consultancy or now your entire focus and efforts are on uh, BIMSpot? Um, the focus is definitely on on the product on BIMSpot. Um, we are of course helping in project if it's needed but not in an extensive way so um we are of course helping to to make it make beam happen basically um but we are um focusing on the on the product itself yeah okay nice yeah uh please uh start sharing your screen and uh yeah sure let's go through your presentation all right so this is the the platform itself i want before we dig deeper here um actually have a short overview via this uh, presentation yeah as I, as I already said um we are um based in vienna we founded um the company with our really big experience um out of the industry so we really um delivering um a, a very certain expertise on on um in consulting we are trying to convert this to the product so um, we are really um, trying to deliver a technology which helps in the daily business and also be very close um, to the market. Our users are basically coming around the, the world. So we are a global solution, not just focusing on the, on the European market, but also yeah, in other important uh, markets where BIM is already in use. But I don't want to talk too much about the, the, this part here. What I want to show you is actually the way or first, the, the, the problem um, we saw, um, we are deeply um, convinced about the open BIM workflow, and that this is the way how actually um, the collaboration can, can be solved in a team. And what we, what we saw is we have a very complex and um, 
all these different situations um, with the, the software landscape in a, in a project. So every project is different, every stakeholder is always different. So we end up with a very diverse situation um, from the software side. Um, and this leads to a very complex process of, of collaboration, of uh, sharing information, sharing models. And this process usually is defined in, um, in documents. So you have this uh, BIM execution plan where everything is described. And then the big question is how to bring this to life. How can we really enhance people that they are working according to uh, what was aligned at the beginning of the project? And this can, of course, change during the project. Usually it's the case that these documents are like done at the beginning and then like that their own, their own procedures, their own habits in the project um, develop. And the big danger here is that the outcome is really depending on how this collaboration works and how the information is, is delivered and, and aligned. So the outcome is not, not always clear. Also from a um, contract point of view, it's not always clear what, what actually BIM should really deliver at the end of the day. So we are um, trying to, to give a solution here. Um, and what we are doing is we are um, centralized or we are, we are um, in the center of the, the whole um, planner team and you can actually use um, BIMSpot as a, as a platform where you in the first step um, can define your BIM use cases. So you are first defining in a very easy way what you want to get out of the project. So a use case can be, for example, you want to do a cost estimation or you want to do a visualization, you want to do um, controlling of the, of the planning. So this all um, is defined at the beginning. And from this, you can actually step back and define, okay, for this use case, which requirements do I have, what I need to deliver to make this happen. Um, and these use cases um, add up to a kind of a project setting. And this is then um, defined in our digital requirement section. So this requirements is the basement of all the further project work. In a second step, when they, the requirements are set via the use cases, we actually provide a very easy to, to use solution for quality assurance. So that means that um, you can run model checks on BIMSpot. We have an integration with um, Solibri. So you can run information checks on the information level and also everything what you can imagine uh, with Solibri. So this combination gives us a very solid database for the, for the next step, which is basically um, then um, getting the information again out of the platform. So to share information, share project insights, whatever you want to do, um, defined by your use cases. These are the three steps we are, we are providing. So this is a very short overview about what we are doing. And I will now jump um, to the platform itself to give if you a, a brief overview over our uh, functionality and how you how you can use it. Yeah, yeah, I, I would really uh, like to see how how you start. Like, how are the first meetings of when you hop in a, in a project, and how you establish the base that you are going to need and use uh, afterwards? Um, there are basically two ways to to do it. Um, the first one is if the BIM goals are very um, like established one, known ones, then we have um, ready to go templates for that. So for, for some certain things like um, cost estimation, we already have everything in place where we can actually start right away. Um, if it's more um, project specific, so you want to maybe achieve uh, some uh, additional things or you want to modify these use cases, then we are um, 
um, you can actually say yourself or we are helping you to set up the, the requirements in a way that these use cases are, are possible. The kind of the, the backbone of all this is um, the information requirement section. I will jump now to that to maybe explain it a little better. Um, this section here is um, um, actually a, a matrix where all the, the categories are defined. So every IFC category is defined here. And you can actually see here all the properties for an IFC beam need to be delivered at which stage from which stakeholder. So this is a very easy way to define it. Can this become uh, quite similar or a part of a beam execution plan? Actually, yes. Um, so you can export this very easy. You can use uh, a CSV file to export it and you can also uh, modify it. So all the properties you see here, you can extend to your project needs. So this, there is no, no limit on that. But the idea is actually to, to make this as, a BIM, as part of the BIM execution plan and not have it defined in a document. So the idea is to define it here and then it's uh, kind of available for everybody. And the interesting part is um, if everything is defined here, you can actually go to the section of um, requirement fulfillment. And here you can see um, which information is actually in the model. So uh, defined by the different disciplines, architect, structural engineer, mechanical engineer, you could see which information is already in the model and where is, is, is uh, something missing. So this helps you to give a very, very easy overview on the information level. We are currently working on a, um, on a PCF workflow. This will um, come out in the uh, middle of April, um, where we actually get back a PCF and, and see exactly Okay, which elements um, in which elements this information is missing? Then you can actually uh, use it in your uh, BIM authoring tool again to to um, to work on this information and, and trying to get everything to, of course, one hundred percent. Yeah, so that's actually the how how exactly and what kind of information you mean can you use in your authoring tool? Like something just, for example, issues or the entire model or, or what, what do you think? In the in the so what. What is shown here is basically, you can see here, that um, the architect needs to work on the information of the covering curtain wall, wall and stair. So in these categories, the information is missing. Yeah. If we go deeper here, you could see, like, for example, the, the railing and so on. This is already done. And on the red um, categories, you need to work on. This information you would get back as a PCF. Um, and this is something what you can then use in, in, in Revit or in other tools to kind of um, work on, so to get the, the information there. Okay, but uh, I mean like, how do I open this in Revit? Just uh, I just open it and I will see it visually or I will just be able to read the information or it will show me which elements doesn't uh, comply with this uh, test. Exactly, it will show you on the element which element are the missing ones and then show you okay what you need to fill exactly oh yeah okay i understand so it will be like properties of the objects or something like that yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah but uh, do we need an extra plugin or something to do this or how how exactly is the workflow between um, for for the pcf yeah the thing is um a pcf is like working it gives you not just the the, the, um, the issue itself it gives you also this the, the perspective of this you would see the element and the camera position so it would actually, you know, okay, so you would actually I understand. need, uh, yeah. It works similar like, like other softwares like Beam Collab or Beam Track. 
from this point of it's view. The same format. It's the same format, exactly. This is an open interface and we are using that, exactly. You could also exchange this information then via, via the other platforms, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. The second part I want to point out, so this is now on the information level. So this makes sure that the information is in the model. Um, and the second part is, um, I already talked about the, the other um, quality possibilities we have. Um, and we have here three different ways of doing, doing the checks. The first one is called quality check. This is a very generic check where um, you can actually just um, go in here, you select a discipline. So let's say the structural engineer, and then you select the building part. So you can say, I want to check the concrete construction, and then you say submit. And this is everything you need to do that the model check is performed. And what this actually does is it checks very generic things like um, if the IFC structure is correct. So if there is a if there are a building site in, if there are levels, um, but also very specific things like, for example, if you have any duplicated elements. So with copy paste, sometimes a, a, a problem occurs when 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 these these elements are copied and then a, a column is actually double in the same in the same place, and for every quantity takeoff, it would count double. So you want to actually avoid these duplicates in the model. And these are these very easy uh, general things what this quality check can provide to give you a first, a first impression of the quality of the model. And this is important for whenever you hand over or upload a model to the platform, everybody could run these checks and have the same understanding of the quality. It's not that somebody is checking it with a, like a not um, public rule set of um, quality checks. So actually, everybody gets the same results, and this is very important to to um, support the, the transparency in the project. Yeah, 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 yes, indeed. The second one is clash detections. I think it's it's very clear. So you can just check two disciplines against each other if there is a clash or not. Um, and the third one is also very interesting. Um, you are able to upload here um, any possible solidity rule set. So you can actually um, be very specific on the on the project. You provide a rule set to the whole team. And then they uh, can run the the custom check uh, in here. I understand. Uh, for for, uh, for somebody who has already Solibri, what is the advantage of using that uh, in Beamspot and not just as a standalone software? Mm -hmm. um, Solibri is a great tool. We really love it, and we we use it for years in in Beam Consulting. Um, and you can really check very specific things with the with the the software. Um, what we want to provide here is actually to extend the possibilities of Solibri to people who might not be familiar with it um, or um, for the, you know, you, you just upload it, run the check, you know that it should be 100% and if there is an issue, you might have to go back to find out what it is. So we are actually extending the, the possibilities of Solibri. We are not we are not replacing it. Um, actually, you would need Solibri to to adjust the, the custom rule set on, on BIMSpot. So it is just a kind of to make Solibri available to people who are not aware of using Solibri right now. Interesting. Yeah, and um, so this is then the, the second step, what is needed to make actually the, the model quality on a level where we then later on can, can use the information. Um, and the information is, um, of course, um, kind of brought together in the, in the model viewer itself. So here all the, the different uh, parts of the model are are federated. Um, you can see here um, a project which is um, located in, in, in Austria, rather a small one, but for uh, this is our demo project. So for everybody who wants to try out the, 
the platform, you can just log in at cloud.beamspot.io and you will find this project here for um, checking it out. Um, and yeah, it's a very um, clean interface. Um, as I said, it, it's it's for everybody who is actually not a, a, a BIM pro, um, but also want to, to participate in the in the project. On the viewer, we have two very interesting things. The first one is, um, if you click on an element, you will see all the information which comes in this case out of Revit. This I think is, is not a big surprise. This is uh, the same in every solution. Um, one thing is now different. Um, you can change here to show only required information. And this is now exactly what is defined in the in this section with the matrix, that this is the information what is in this phase required for a window. So just this information is needed or is defined in the project team. And you can see here that actually a lot of the information is just coming via the export, but it's not um, quality um, checked and it's actually also not needed for other parties. So in this case, it's just about the window. It's If it's an external window, um, thermal trans transmittance and height width area. So actually very few, a few informations. Let me ask you something uh, before you go further. How do you make sure that you work on the latest uh, model? How do you keep this updated? You need to upload it all the time or you, do you have any integrations with other tools or how is this working? Currently, uh, we don't have integrations, but it's a very easy drag and drop upload. So you, you have here the, the model management. You can set this up very easy and then you just, it's like a container. You just push the things in and we are currently working on, um, so we have an open API and we are actually currently working um, to integrate um, BeamSpot to other solutions that this upload is not um, needed like twice in, a, in the same way, yeah. Okay, uh, but so uh, what happens if you already have a, have a model in place, it, it checks and updates only the changes or how exactly does the revision control work? Depending on which um, revision control you're, um, you, you look to, if you're doing the information, it, it does actually the, the whole thing. So you would always see this current state of the model has this certain amount of um, information fulfilled or not fulfilled. So this is always a, a whole check. In the quality um, check section, so where you use the solidary rule set, this is also depending on what um, what checks you're running. But uh, basically it is about uh, all the, the errors you find in the model. And if the, if the error is not resolved, it, will, it would appear again. How do we exactly start? You start first by uploading a model, right? Or you start by defining the rules. What exactly is the the workflow here? Again, depends on, on what, what uh, use case is important for you. You can also use BIMSPOT just as a model viewer. Then you just drag and drop your model and you have the model there and you can you know turn around and, and use the information in the model. So then you're already up and running. If you say you, have a, uh, you want to do a quantity takeoff, for example, where you actually have a a need to understand if the if the information and the model itself is correct, then you would start with um, uploading the model and also defining the requirements. We provide here a very a template where you actually can already start with. So by uploading your first model, you would already have the first um, the first uh, features available for you. But um, usually you need to adjust to the specific namings in the project, and um, this is something where we also help so if there is any need for adjusting this we can we can step in um yeah and depending on the quality of your model you can you can start right away cool all right i just have um three more parts so i will um 
yeah, introduced this also. Um, one important thing is um, the filter. Um, this is something you might know from other web solutions where you can just have a free text search on something. And in our case, you can actually query the whole building information model. So you can um, type in here, for example, um, you want the, the load bearing walls. So you can just go to load bearing, define a, a certain category. In our case, I will just say all entities and say apply filter. And this you can do actually on the um, category level, but also on the property level. So if you have in your project certain properties like room names or area names or whatever come to your mind, you can always filter that here by this property. And you can say in this case, for example, these are now all elements which are load bearing. You can also, for example, uh, filter for, I want to see concrete elements and if they're not load bearing, because this would be a mistake, for example. So you can actually use this filter very specifically to understand the information in, in the model. And this filter is very central because this filter is also the basement for further features. Um, one is um, you can do um, a quantity takeoff with this filter. So in this case, you would save the filter load bearing elements concrete, for example. And then you can go to our section of the quantity takeoff. And in this section, you would just get out um, an Excel list of what you can use then for cost estimation and, and in, other, in other workflows. And this is very easy to define. You can filter for doors for every element, every property you want. And then you will get a table with all elements, with all properties. This is what you get out. Nice. And yeah, and the, and the last part is actually a KPI dashboard. This is basically used for uh, project controlling. So um, this is also based on the filter. So in this case, it's set up for areas. But for example, for project developers, it's very important to uh, control always the area of the projects to be sure the rentable area or area you, you want to sell to a client is uh, kind of staying into the project goals. And we are using the information coming out of the model directly to, to um, update these numbers here. And you can set a target um, number and then you always know if you're on track or not. You can also use this, for example, for, I don't know, um, concrete volumes. So if you have a certain maybe a very expensive uh, foundation of a building. You could also use these properties and this filter to um, then um, go for the sums of these of this volumes to make sure the project, project is not going out of the out of costs, for example. And with every upload of the model, this will update and will give you new results. And this can be used very um, kind of flexible and very, very intense. So for very um, different use cases. What happens if you go on show in viewer here? Yeah, if you go here and you say, the, okay, the window area, then you will just go jump to the viewer and um, this will show exactly the elements which are used to build up the number. It will filter out everything else and leave only the windows. Yes, exactly. So this will not take some, some seconds, but um, this is exactly delivering back the, the filter what was used for getting the sum. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what cloud infrastructure are you using? Uh, are you using AWS or uh, yes. Azure? AWS. We're using AWS in Germany. Yeah. So we see here the the windows are shown here. This is what is used to calculate the the area. Yeah. But is the platform built from scratch, or uh, did you? It is made in uh, Forge. No, um, we integrated, uh, I mean, the platform is built by ourselves, 
we integrated the viewer. That's the only thing. The rest is from us. Okay, the viewer. The viewer yeah. with Forge, you mean? Or, uh... No, we're not using Forge. No, we're not using Forge. It's an open source viewer, or it's something that you must pay for? It's under a license model. So it's not, uh, or it's, it's a mixed, it's um, XeoKit viewer. Yeah. How did you say it was called? XeoKit. XEO. XeoKit. Yeah, I think I heard that name, but I don't know where. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, there are some, um, some interesting solutions, open source uh, developing out there, like IFCJS. I don't know. It might be something in the future, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. You said 3JS? Yeah, IFCJS, uh, which is okay. built actually, is built on top of uh, 3JS, but it's specifically for IFC. <laughs> okay. So uh, it's, a, it's a new project. I think it started last year in the October uh, or in the autumn, but uh, it's, uh, I, I had a previous guest from here, the founder of it, and okay. it's, uh, it's growing. It's growing fast. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's uh, completely free, but yeah, it's uh, it's still growing. I don't I don't think it's uh, ready for production, but uh, it is looking good, uh, and it's a lot. Uh, it has a lot of traction, actually. Yeah. Regarding IFC, what IFC version are you using here? Does it matter? We are we are providing actually two um, x three and also um, version four. You can freely. Um, change between these two. It's just in one project, you should use one version. That's a restriction from us because it would like mess up all the properties as in the IFC4, you are able to use others than in, in 2x3. And to combine these two is kind of a, it's it's trick and we would not recommend that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only restriction. Um, but which version you're using, you're actually, it's, it's up to you and your project team. But from, from what you see, do you still see people using 2x3? Yes. Why? Yeah, mostly from like older projects which are still ongoing and they don't want to switch in the middle of a project and then they are still using it to the end. But new ones are, are for, um, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good because it has much more elements, right? And uh, it's definitely better. And I, I think we'll get a new one uh, soon. I'm not really sure. You mean a new version of the four, or you mean already IFC five? I I think it uh, it's a new um, update of the version four, but I'm not really sure. I might be wrong. Let's go back to the roots a little bit. You are the co-founder here. Who is your co-founder, or who are your co-founders? Yeah, actually, I want to to mention two of my of my um, teammates. One is um, Alex Kras. He actually is. Um, with me since years now and he's he's coming from the architectural office um, over the bin consulting and he is now responsible for um for our product so he really brings this uh, beam knowledge um directly to the product team and the second one is our cto adam Erie. he's also with us from the from the first day and uh, brings a very extensive knowledge in in yeah building all the technology what we what we need so uh, it was only you three when you started the project? Um, we also have a um, early stage investor, which was a founding partner, and um, they were helping us from the first minute to structure the company. And when we, when we like build up the team, they were providing different, um, different specific um, help in starting from marketing to, to HR to yeah, 
every different uh, topic and um yeah they are they are still with us and and um yeah advising us helping us yeah this was also a founding partner mm -hmm. yeah interesting how easy or how difficult it is to use your platform <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> that's a very good question um we really try hard to make it as easy as possible um we have also a guiding online so you would find some explanation during the usage so i hope this makes it a little more easier still uh, it's a complex topic um so we are still uh, improving the like providing new functionality to make it easier to handle in the moment and also like reducing what is not necessary so i think that's an ongoing uh, process we did of course user tests we we also have some ongoing um testing with people who, who are in projects and, and um, giving us feedback how to improve. But um, the platform itself is um, should be self-explanatory, but if it's not, um, it will not take more than half an hour to, to get into that. This is usually what we're doing at the starting of a project to introduce it to everybody. Um, yeah, so it's, there is no specific training need, but um, yeah. Do you have any onboarding process for new customers or? Uh... Yes, of course we have, because it's usually um, the case that we, we want to make sure that the, um, the use cases they have defined in a, like maybe in a, in a paper or just as an idea to make this really as a basement on, on BIMSpot. So that all the requirements are set properly. And for that, um, we have an onboarding process to, to help them. Um, if they don't have the requirement, everything already like structured, then we are helping them to kind of um, yeah map this to to an IFC structure maybe or what is needed to to start with. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about accessibility. Uh, how accessible is your software? Is there any way to try it for free before before purchasing it, or how mm -hmm. does this Definitely, go? Yes, there is a two-week um, trial, so you can use the whole platform all functionality for free for two weeks. Um, after that, um, you can still access everything, um, but it is not uh, possible to upload any new models. So you can actually access the whole thing, even new features uh, which are um, coming out, you can use, but you're not able to upload again. Okay, I understand. And regarding pricing, do you, is this uh, something that you tailor for each uh, client or is something that you have a pricing list? Or? usually it's it's tailored we are starting at 280 euros per month and we are project size related so we we have a a measure which um, counts the square meter in a project and then the usage is um, included and users also are included so you would just pay for the project itself and everybody would be involved okay i see so there is no user limitation for example user number limitation exactly no limitation yeah okay for example, yeah, if the project uh, buys the license, every, uh, every stakeholder involved can get access to it. Exactly, yes. Interesting. That's very important to just, you know, bring people together on this, um, yeah, and provide it to everybody. Yeah, yeah, sure. What about infrastructure? Do you have any companies that are uh, using it for infrastructure projects or it's only mainly for uh, buildings? Um, it's mainly for buildings. Um, we have some um, like uh, back and forth uh, interaction with some railway companies. And actually we are working on the information level 
to extend the IFC schema in a way that it can be used for infrastructure as well. But this is not in the product right now. So this is, I would say, upcoming this year, but not in the product now. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, it should come out also um, an IFC rail. Yeah. I don't know when, but I, uh, I know it's in the works. Yeah, yeah. What about the usage of it? Uh, did you break the, the borders of Austria or uh, is still locally mostly used? Do you have customers across the globe, mostly in Europe, mostly in Austria? Or? Yeah, we are, we are um, used in, in different countries, so we're definitely not Austria. We have users um, actually also from from US, from South America. In Europe, it's um, beside the German-speaking countries, mostly the, the Nordics. So actually, good good spread, I would say. Mm -hmm. Okay, but in Austria, like the main, like the most of the customers are from Austria because it's easier uh, for you to be in touch, or you started there, right? We start exactly. Yeah, we have like the network um, coming out from from um, from here, but, but yeah, we also have um, German projects. But and, Germany, uh, yeah, Germany should be the same almost because yeah, you are German-speaking uh, country, right? So yeah. Also, we, we see a lot of development on the BIM side in Switzerland. So there was um, like um, in Austria, the, the, the standard for, for building information modeling is quite old, but uh, and there was nothing similar like, like that in Switzerland for years actually, or for some years. And now they're actually kind of overtaking, I think, because there are a lot of projects that are now doing um, or have the requirement of, of BIM. So um, this is also a very, very interesting market for us. I'm guessing uh, these projects that are willing to use this tool, they must be aware, people working on these projects, about ISO 9650, and they try to use the best practices from there? Or to what, to what level uh, is mostly, do they use BIM mostly? BIMSpot can be used to really manage information. So if, you're, if you have a focus already there, you need some, um, how to say, some experience on what you need to get out of, the, of, a, of a BIM project. So if you already have defined use cases um, and they are structured, then of course you can you can apply different standards on it and you can you can use it on, on a very high level. On the other hand, um, we are providing uh, it's called BIM Ready to Go, um, where we can actually start without any BIM knowledge. As a as a for example, as a project developer, you you just need to know what is the, the BIM is a topic for you, and we are providing everything as an infrastructure. Um, to actually deliver some use cases to you as a developer. Very easy ones, but this is also a very good way to start with BIM even, because that's that's um, a very practical way to get the first impressions, the first project done, and then you can develop further. So for us, it's also for the people who actually are not very deep into the field, that we are providing a way how they can do the first steps with BIM. Interesting. So uh, what is this, like an online course or something, some recordings that you have or uh, some presentations or some, what exactly? It is actually a completely properly set up um, BIMSpot project room where you can just enter and start. You would just need then um, the upload from the architect or from the structural engineer. And we give you um, some guiding on what specific is needed on the property level. But this is a very few this is basically areas, volumes, which anyhow comes with the modeling. So it's basically just about naming and having a few conventions, but this is super, super low um, entry barrier then. Yeah. I understand. Using this kind of tools, there are always these customers 
uh, that are thinking uh, about privacy. It is possible to use offline your platform or to use uh, your own servers or something for people that, let's say they don't want to upload their uh, models. Maybe they are secret or something. I don't know for, you know, there are companies that are more strictly about the security and everything, right? It is possible to do anything regarding this or? It, it is definitely a topic from time to time uh, where, where security is, is a very uh, kind of high level um, requirements on that. And basically we have we have two, two fields. One is the project itself where it might be a very sensitive building. You're building a bank or a, I don't know, hospital or something Prison. like that. <laughs> Prison. Then, um, then you would have a very, I mean, your data room or your project room is always private. This is something which is for sure, right? Just the people invited can get in. It's the one thing. And on the other hand of the infrastructure, we are hosting a solution, AWS in Germany, which um, from my point of view is one of the best things what you can what you can provide. Uh, we are currently not doing on-premise um, solutions. We have been asked a few times, but actually with um, then going more to detail and explaining how this everything is set up, the AWS is, is um, delivering everything what um, was needed. I'm not saying it's not not um, not asked, but it is actually we have a good answer. I would say. I mean, if it's if it's um, compliance policy, it need to be on premise, in house. Then of course um, that would be uh, currently a, a no go for us. I understand. There are uh, another problem. Yeah, Germany it's very it's fine um, for most of Europe, right? But there might be some companies that would like to to have it hosted locally or something like nationally in within the borders or something. So there are there, there are always discussions about this kind of uh, aspect. So that's why. No, definitely. I mean, what we can easily do is we have a very scalable and and also easy transformable um, infrastructure. So we could actually take it and put it uh, somewhere else in in one day. The thing is about maintenance. Um, and currently we are, we want to you know keep the maintenance costs um, low and slim and, and go for one centralized solution. Yeah, that that could be a new kind of service for you in the future when after you grow more the team. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it was not like it, I wasn't asked too often about this uh, really separated island solution. Um, so but definitely it's possible. And as you said, definitely a way to, to grow. Yeah. Did I miss anything important that you would like to mention? Oh, I think it was a very intense and very deep uh, talk. Also, we had a deep look to the product itself. Yeah, I just want to mention um, if anybody of your your viewers um, is, is interested, in, we are, of course, very happy to, to give an introduction. The platform itself is, uh, as I mentioned, two weeks for free. Um, maybe you can post somewhere the link to it of course, um, later of on in the video. Yeah. And I would be really happy if we can provide a, a solution where, where BIM is, is used in, in more projects and where BIM is actually coming more to life in our daily business. That would be, would be really awesome. That sounds very good. Uh, that aligns very well with my plans as well. Yeah. Uh, how, how can people reach, reach out to you? I will, I will just drop uh, um, my email address maybe also to the, um, to the video. Or um, you can actually also, of course, contact us via the, the web page. Awesome. What about LinkedIn? Is that okay if somebody will contact course, you through yeah. LinkedIn or something? We are, we are heavily using LinkedIn, of course. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Thank you very much, Christoph. It was very nice to get to know 
Bien Swat. I wish you good luck. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the interview. It was very nice talking to you. Likewise. And good luck for your... Actually, um, I want to thank you for all your work because this is super important to connect um, to people and, and um, build up a common understanding of the industry, what is new, what is upcoming. And um, yeah, your role as a kind of um, yeah, bringing everything together in one channel is, is, um, is actually uh, a super important one. So thanks for your effort in, in um, yeah, pushing, the, pushing the topic. Thank you very much. That means a lot to me. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.